0: There's different circumstances. There's things that, you know, come up that are in our control, and there's things that come up that are out of our control. It's definitely something where we look back each week and and we try to correct and we try to learn to make sure those things that are within our control don't don't happen and, you know, move forward to make sure that we're giving ourselves the best chance and best opportunity to move down and score points.
1: Bill's offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. All right, ready for a really good meaty football segment here.
2: Yes, but I'm only three-quarters of the way through the article, so you go ahead and start.
1: i got something I want to bring up, and we can get to the article by Ollie Connolly. and there's another one, Benjamin Solak as well. Who does Ben Solak write for? The uh, Ringer? Ringer. The Ringer. Okay, he's at The Ringer. Ollie Connolly, I tweeted out. It's uh, He's got a substack, the read optional.
2: We've had Ben Solak on for years. Yeah. Going back to the draft network, his specialty was deep dives on quarterbacks, prospects coming out of the draft, and then following up on pros- on guys when they were in the league.
3: Yeah. It's basically the same piece as this, this Ollie. Like, Like, just one snippet that I just read from Solex, when you rip through the film of these last few months of Allen's game, you see a player desperately hunting the deep shot, even when it is not ideal to do so.
1: Yeah. So, that's, there's, (laughs) it's funny, like, tweeting this out, a couple of quotes of it, Matthew wrote to me, he tweeted in, sounds like what we've been complaining about all year. And maybe complaining is strong.
2: Pointing out.
1: Pointing out. And... There's a line in there from Ollie He says no offense consistently looks as fractured. What's he say as it's a great
2: line. No offense in the league looks so consistently fractured while dumping thirty odd points on their opponents. Right. That's, that in a nutshell That's
1: the Bills. Is what we have felt for the last two months about this offense. And consistently dumping thirty odd points, <clears> which is why whenever you know, they they play a game like they just did against Miami on Sunday, and you say, Man, I don't know, that was an adventure. Guys, what are you worried about? They scored thirty one points. Right. So four hundred plus yards. Yeah, yeah. So it is wild. Like, we've talked a lot about turnovers. We've talked about a lot of things. But one of the ones that jumped out at me was the, if you go back, let's go way, way back to when Allen hurt his elbow. Mm-hmm. And he he has the small tear or whatever in his elbow against the Jets, and the next throw, he it's short, and he misses. Right? Yeah. The throw after that is 70 yards down the field to Gabe Davis and hits him, and it doesn't get completed. And for the next couple of days, we're talking about, I mean, his arm looked fine. He threw it 70 yards. Yep. And along the way, I feel like I, I remember, maybe you remember this, Joe, let me know. if I, I didn't dream this, that people talking about the injury that Allen had, he was going to manage, he's going to kind of go through, that that injury would probably affect him more on touch Shorter. throws yeah, yeah, right. than it would on deep throws. Right. So, if he's trying to shape a ball in or changes mm-hmm. his, his platform or arm angle, shorter throws would be maybe less accurate, painful. Mm-hmm. He might get a shot at, yeah, and I deep throws would be fine
2: you're just heaving it deep so.
1: and you know this almost kind of paints a, a big picture of has that been happening the whole time, and he's not he's still not a hundred percent, yeah, so the shorter throws aren't as effective for him. It's pointed out, like, his numbers on shorter throws, his accuracy has dropped. Mid-range and deep, he's still very good on accuracy and putting the ball where it needs to be. But I almost wonder if there really is, or has been, a problem with his ability to hit the shorter sidearm, you know, put it in a little spot here. for The Beasley throws. The the drive in Cincinnati. Let's go to the drive in Cincinnati. The one offensive drive they have. That ends on a third down where he's throwing to Beasley and he misses him high. It's just, it's it's not an accurate ball.
2: In the alley... Connolly piece, he wrote, since week nine, Allen is 19th in the league in adjusted completion percentage on short throws. But in the intermediate area, he hit a godlike mark of 76.5%, fourth best in the league.
1: And think back to the Detroit game, because it was Romo. I got a uh, tweet from Sean that it was Romo that brought this up about the arm that shorter throws are tougher, deeper throws are better. How did they win the Detroit game? He wasn't really sharp. Mm. Until, you need, hey, you need to fire the, drive at the, the laser. Yeah, right. To digs over the middle, over the middle, and right. that laser right. is ready. Right. So is Allen the kind of guy that is right now playing like without his seven, eight, nine iron, and just trying to make it work as best he can with the, with the big, the big throws? Yeah. I, I, maybe that's it. Maybe that's the injury part of it. The other part that Ali Connelly writes about is that he's that basically what's happened is he's indulging his worst uh tendencies, which is to go deep when it's not there, that might also be a factor here. The the weapons that they have. Yeah. But the guys in the slot are signed off the street or Isaiah McKenzie was hurt last week and Crowder's not available and Shakir's a rookie and you know like you it's all of course woven together, all these factors that are going into it. And the, the, the end of the story is basically what Miami did, Ali's <laughs> words were is this guy on acid Was like the appropriate way to talk about the defensive coordinator. Why would you blitz this much? Do you know you're going to get fired? And he pointed out the third and fifteen play, saying that Miami. And during the game, there was a little bit of a. Which, by the way, he got fired yesterday. He did. He did get fired. Um, But that might be the kind of thing, like like a Costanza driving the trophy (laughs) around the parking lot. Like I might get fired anyway. I'm going to do it. Well,
2: go out guns a blaze. I'm
1: going to do what I want. Sure. So during the game, when Diggs catches that first one over the top on a blitz on third and fifteen. I saw. I forget who it was. Someone talked about it as coaching malpractice, like when the when the Raider when the Jets went cover zero against the Raiders two years ago. Oh my God, Greg Williams. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you doing? That kind of thing. Yeah. But the difference in this case might be that if you're Josh Boyer, the uh, the defensive coordinator of the Dolphins, they've played Allen three times. They know him. They probably know we can get him to throw the ball deep. It's here's a possession where we've got to get the ball back, and we need time on the clock so what should I do? Just the same way that a Bills fan would say, I like that they went for that deep shot. I like they went to kill the game. The Dolphins might approach that same drive and say, I bet we can get it to throw it, get him to throw it deep twice and get this ball back. You take your chances, you know, like, if he completes it, we lose, but your aggressive play there is to try to convince him, throw it deep, we don't want a seven minute drive here, because that'll end our our season. But, the point being made in
2: this instance particularly, and I'll by the way, thank you for making me more nervous about the game now Sunday. But in this instance, Miami game, they blitzed heavily early, and then they kind of tapered off a little bit. So, it, like, like, right? Isn't like Conley's point is okay? You can play a certain way against the blitz, and I think Miami ended up blitzing like forty percent of the time, which is a really high rate. But as the game went on, they blitzed a little bit less in the second half. They, I don't think they blitzed much at all. If I remember Joe Biscalia's piece in the fourth quarter, and it's almost like. The quarterback was still taking the passing approach, the decision-making approach, and the coordinator, too. I I want to bring up Dorsey. Like, they were still approaching the Dolphins as they were blitz-heavy. But they weren't as blitz-heavy in the second half, and yet the Bills are still going deep to try and burn that. To me, there's stuff in there that is, yeah, like some of the stuff he pointed out, we've talked about, right? Like, he, you know, the whole thing about he used the term sludgy to describe the Bills' offense. Which is perfect. Muddy, sludgy, right? Like we've talked about at times, they seem to really bog down. They did it again the other day against Miami. They hit that six-stretch drive or six-drive stretch, and they really bog down. They punt, they turn the ball over, and it's like night and day. Come out great in the first quarter, and then they get sludgy. And then they finish strong in the fourth quarter when the game's on the line and they need to come up with touchdown drives. The thing that troubled me about the piece, like I walked, I left the, or excuse me, I got done watching the Miami game. And I thought more more of it to me was Josh. You got to make better decisions, okay? I know you got this cannon for an arm, and it's and you love throwing the ball deep, right? He pointed that out more and more. You were right, by the way, but that's always the case. The thing about the dink and dunk, let's let the dogs be dogs. That turns out to be a really bad thing. He said at that time because I think he's so. I thought this is Josh. He's overdoing it. To me, what's troubling about the piece is Connolly obviously goes back and watches. The All-22, I don't. He's breaking down every play. And he wrote, beyond some of the things we've talked about, Josh has become increasingly reckless. There's a lack of talent around him. It's being exposed. They're a one-dimensional group, which is, you know, sorry, Bills fans, we know that. It's digs and a collection of receivers and tight ends. Nobody really scares the living daylights out of you. But he talked about, he wrote about, vertically-centered style passing game. No levels consistently within route concepts just go deep and let Allen uncork it. That made me worried about the offensive coordinator. Like, for me, if I finish the Miami game going, all right, Josh needs to settle down. He got a little too over overhyped, and he's trying to make the big play. Josh, take a breath, settle down, take what they're giving you, check it down. Which, by the way, no targets to James Cook or Devin Singletary in that Miami game, which goes to the, you know, throwing it deep. So I thought it was, just, all right, Josh, you just got to settle down, you know? Let's let's take the short throws. Let's move the ball downfield. You know that three and out drive. Don't go downfield twice to Davis and then get a sack. Let's put together some shorter throws. What Conley wrote to me is that the coordinators putting together all these vertical routes. Like it's he wrote he wrote that it's almost like Dorsey got to a choice right, and he said I've got a quarterback with this ridiculous arm. So do I put in safety valves and drive the point home of sometimes you can check it down and it's okay. Or do I add more vertical options because my quarterback has a crazy arm. It's almost like they opted for the ladder. Like if he's writing about all these vertical routes and not having consistent levels being used in the passing game. Well, that's not Josh Allen's decision-making that's on the coordinator and the game plan. He's drawing up, If that's the case. And to me, that's troubling. Well, like,
3: what I'm reading from Solak right now, too, is just like the way plays usually are designed in the NFL, there's always someone running a clear out route. There's always going to be someone running deep. Those, that, those plays to Davis, like, that's just the way those plays operate. Someone's got to take the corner and the safety over the top and Solak broke down that play that that entire play is Dorsey working to get Diggs open on a crosser over the middle. And he's open 15 yards down the field.
1: And Allen takes the shot. And
3: Allen takes the shot on a deep, on a, on a route that, that is not designed to get the football just because he yeah. wanted
1: the big play. Yeah. Hey, it might all work. And they like, you know, what, what I, when I read this analysis, the number one thing I take away from it is, yeah, that's what we're all seeing. Yeah. And it, the the keys are he refers to Alan as an alien multiple times, like mm-hmm. he's a freak show, he's amazing. He, he, in the headline he refers to it as kryptonite, like Superman. You're still talking about Superman here. Mm-hmm. Yep. The question is, does When does he know when to be Clark Kent? When does well yeah, when does he know to make the smarter plays and will opponents bait him into his worst tendencies? Which is, you know, like Miami was down seventeen to nothing. It wasn't working at that point. And by the way. The team they're playing, their defensive coordinator
2: is thought of very highly around the league as, you know, sorry, I don't know Josh Boyer, but better than Josh Boyer, right? The Miami the Cincinnati defensive coordinator is known for really devising game plans that he they change him inside the same game. They throw a lot of different looks, they're very creative. So they're going up against a guy who's known to be really good at his job. What he might throw against Allen on Sunday remains to be seen. But even even there was one other thing he wrote, Jamie, and I think this is fair too, right? In this discussion of Dorse, Dable's gone, Dorsey's here, how is he going to do? And Ali and Conley in his piece wrote, the precision of, from this offense from a year ago is gone. Now he also said, after a year ago, and from early this season, right? Think back, the first month of the season was a nice mixture of, take what they're giving you, tar- you know, check it down, shorter routes, run after catch, blah, 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 and then when you got the chance... Boom, you beat them over the top. They were really good at that the first, I don't know, maybe up to the bye, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's been, dip- maybe it's the, again, maybe the line of demarcation is the elbow injury against the Jets. But they were good at that precision through the first half of the season. They haven't been as precise. You know, they do have the most turnovers in the league. Josh has the most interceptions in the red zone. They haven't been as precise. And one wonders how much of it was Josh, and now I'm wondering how much of it is the design of the offense by the coordinator who might just be saying, we're going to uncork the ball. We know, you know, he did point out, you know, the running game, not good enough Dorsey, to, to have Dorsey lean more on it. I don't think he wants to lean more on the running game anyway, and I'm I'm not here to tell you he should. But it's the passing game that needs to be better designed than, you know, three guys run deep and the quarterback yeah. will uncork the football.
1: I think it's, it's funny, like, for all this – Everybody just, in some way, confirms their priors. Maybe you don't like Dorsey. You read this and you think, well, it must be a Dorsey problem. Maybe you read it and think must be a run game problem. Maybe you read it and think think it's an elbow injury, or the other one, of course, is the receivers. Right. You know, I think that's part of it too. Yes, that, that after digs, teams yeah. are going to respect Gabe Davis, but they're not afraid of him the way that we maybe thought people and teams might be. Chris Sims had a, a post about that this week that, you know, when it comes to these these bills, Miami said, they got aggressive and said, we're not afraid of your receivers. Like, you know, they're not afraid. And they got burned by both Davis and Diggs. That's mm-hmm. why they won the game. They won the game because the Bills, Diggs came up big like he always does, and Davis had a game. Yeah, Davis had a touchdown with great foot control, and he had a catch on the sideline on a turning catch as well. Like, without Gabe Davis making plays that he – didn't always make in the regular season, that game might go a little differently. So, you know, playoff game is kind of a thing here. Maybe James Cook can be a a part of this as well. But I don't think that you – reading this piece doesn't make me scared. Reading this piece from Ollie Connolly and from Benjamin Solak, more than anything, it makes me think, okay, we all do know what's happening. What will Cincinnati do about that? Will Cincinnati do what Miami does? And what Miami does, and they've done it in two games now, the first game and then this last one, Middle game, I don't know as much. Um, They send a ton of pressure, and then later in the game, they back off. And Mm -hmm. Allen plays like it's still. He reacts.
2: He doesn't change his reaction, even though they backed off a little bit. He's playing like
1: he's being like they're simulated blitzes. Yeah, and it's almost like Miami's plan again. The guy got fired and lost to the Bills twice. And the game he didn't lose, he gave up 497 yards of offense. Yeah, so that's right. You know how good was it? Debatable. Let's get connected with our fans, 803-0550
2: to join us, and we will go to Robin, Connecticut. You're on WGR, go right ahead.
4: Good morning, gentlemen, clocking in this morning. Love listening to you guys always. You guys always make sense. It's like no argument here. Everything that you've just been discussing makes complete sense. Um been listening all week long. You know, um, as far as the positives and negatives out of what what I feel this week, um, a little Little sense of nervousness. I'm right there with you, Howard. Um, the one thing that I, I do think about is the, the plus for us is we're home, and that that, that that's, that's going to benefit us a lot. I believe Buffalo is going to play very strong. Um, we have got the fans behind them. The other, the only thing that worries me about Cincinnati is the three Musketeers. You got you know Boyd, Chase, and Higgins. That's the only concern that I have. If we shut them down, I think we'll be fine. Um last week's game, as far as coming off last, last week's game, one of the things that um, I actually said to my fiance was, I'm glad that that game happened because um, some people said to me, oh, you guys got lucky. Um, Miami exposed you. And I was like, no, Miami did not expose us. We exposed ourselves. We hurt ourselves in that game. Josh Allen is very hard on himself, and he's probably the most hardest on on himself, and he knows it. So I know that uh, for a fact that, you know, being in that same situation, I would always go back and say, how can I correct this? So I know he's going to correct himself. Um, well, the problem he's gonna, is
1: he's going to try. Yeah, he's going to try. And of course, he's like
4: gonna, he's definitely going to make an effort. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, he's he, gonna make it. you always hear "Judge, He's accountable. But,
1: yeah. He's, hold on. Hold on. Rob. Thank you. Thank you. He played a perfect game against New England, and then went out and had the game of his life the next week. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to go for that every single week. Yeah, you know, on the screen it said which quarterback has more pressure. Like you wanted to get to that, so let's let's get to that. Oh, it's it's on Josh Allen. Burrow's been to a Super Bowl already. It's totally on Allen. And
2: it, this is a Allen, home game in the division around, this is not in Arrowhead last year in the division around. This is home game, and this is when are you going to get to the Super Bowl,
1: Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills? It's that. It's. There's more pressure on Allen because he doesn't have, as uh, Rob called them, the three musketeers. Yeah, he doesn't have. He's got a musketeer. He's got a. Mu- he's got maybe a musketeer in three quarters, an occasional or, musketeer. Two point two five. Yeah, right. Expected musketeers per sixty. <laughs> you know, like the the Bills' weapons are not bad. Right, <laughs> but they don't have what he doesn't have. What Burrow, They're not Burrow
2: consistently has. dangerous.
1: Other than now, Diggs. there might actually be more pressure on Burrow in the game because he doesn't have an offensive yeah. line. So that pressure might but, go to him. pressure to win, it's on, it's on Josh yeah. Allen. Well, and this is something else that we, we've not yet had to deal with for Allen and, and pressure on him. There have been a couple games this year. Like, whatever, it's football Friday. I don't want it to sound like I'm down or I'm – you said you're scared, you're but nervous, I'm you're panicking.
2: I'm nervous wreck to say.
1: As we get to the game, we're just talking about all the different scenarios. One scenario we really have not yet had. We have not had a season end where he plays bad yeah last year when they end on 13 seconds the whole offseason you walk around without a thought in right. your head about the quarterback and how he played right and he must have been obviously upset that they lost but in his own mind doesn't have to be completely at peace with how he performed our thought was the quarterback was playing at a level that would have won them the super Bowl. absolutely right he was playing perfect football right. and it's part of the reason we think when he played against miami like wow all right not that great a game he's playoff josh he's prime time josh right. this game on sunday I don't know if he can continue living up to the perfect game bar, but there have been games this year where after it against the Jets, he says, "Tough to win when your quarterback plays like bleep." Yeah. So, not to say that those games are in him, but they're in everybody. You're going to you're going to have games where you are just not sharp. Mm-hmm. And of course there's pressure to not have that game for every quarterback this week. Trevor Lawrence doesn't want to have it, Patrick Mahomes doesn't want to have it.
2: And the off-seasons
1: like that are just different.
2: And yet, obviously, Rob, thanks for the call. And yet, in this discussion of our topic, like, what's the number one reason you have to feel good about this game? Who's not answering Josh Allen? Amidst the discussion of, but the turnovers are up and the red zone turnovers, right? The red zone interceptions and everything we've just discussed about what's going on with the receivers and Dorsey and the game plan. Does that... Right? The number one reason you feel good about the Bills chances jo- Sunday is Josh number seventeen. Allen. It's and not even Allen. close. Yep. Not even close.
1: Number one reasons Allen. Number two reasons Diggs. Is Allen
2: and number three is Allen. And number four is Diggs. <laughs> right? I mean, it's not even close. he is the number one reason. If you feel this team's gonna win a Super Bowl, it's the quarterback. So it's really weird in this discussion of but but they don't look right and what's going on and what are they doing with the game plans and they need better weapons. That's more of an off season thing. Allen is the number one reason why I would feel good, you would feel good, any of us would feel good that he will come in and do, you know, do his job and lead this team to victory on Sunday. And yeah, sure, the number one concern, no question. I mean, the same thing before the Monday night football game. I wouldn't say, Rob, I wouldn't say it's the only thing I'd be worried about with Cincinnati. I think there are some other talented players, but yeah, I'm just worried about, you know, them not being able to cover. Chase Higgins, and then to a lesser extent, Boyd, and maybe after that, Hurst. It's Chase and Higgins. Do Chase and Higgins have the Diggs Davis day from last week? 230, 40 yards, a touchdown, some big plays. Like, I'm losing sleep over the Bills' secondary against those guys because I think Burrow is going to get the ball out. Joe Burrow's a pretty smart guy. And if he shows up for work Sunday and he sees, huh, three backup offensive linemen, <laughs> I'm with Sal. This is like short drops, quick release, get the heck, get the ball out, and don't stand back there behind three. off There's been an uptick in sacks of Joe Burrow the last few games. Three, what, about four or five games. They've gone from a lot of one-sack games to two to a four-sack game. If he's smart, and I think he is, he's going to get that ball out, so the secondary is going to figure out how to keep from Chase and Higgins and those guys going bananas, and that's the big concern. It was before the Monday night game, and it's it's. Still the concern.
1: Right, and it's part of like— I
2: hope they run Mixon and Ryan all right. day long, because I'm really worried about their past
1: defense. All these conversations about the offense are a testament to what we've seen when it comes to greatness for Josh. Boone, write in, Boone writes in all this, and then Josh throws for 350 and three touchdowns. Yep. Like, maybe. Entirely possible. He's
2: yes, pretty good. <laughs> yes. Right, like the other day against Miami, he had 370 total yards and three touchdowns. Yep. Three turnovers with it, but he had 370 yards but, and three touchdowns.
1: And this is this is a conversation for now. It's a conversation for next year, for the next 10 years. The whole job for the Bills is to get the most out of him and not necessarily make him do the most. Right. I'm not saying there's too much, Allen, but make everything easier for him. This is what the
2: Kansas City Chiefs have done. Yeah, They're get him. always looking to – what else can we add to the offense? Hey, Tyreek Hill left. Okay. That's right, we'll bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, we'll get Marquez Valdez-Scantling, we'll draft Sky Moore. We're going to pick up Jarek McKinnon. turned out to be a great pickup for mm-hmm. their offense. They're constantly looking to say, well, it's not just, it's not, hey, we got Patrick Mahomes, we could throw out DiBiase and White and Simon and he'll still be okay. No, they've got Patrick Mahomes and say, what else can we do to make things better for Patrick Mahomes?
1: The Bills should be thinking like that. Th- the, Bengals sh- uh, think uh, like,
2: the Bengals thought like that for did. Joe Mixon. Or for Joe Mixon, for Joe Burrow, with Mixon, with and P. Ryan, with the receivers they have,
1: I'm sure the Bills are going to be that way too. I mean, they they, got they digs, have to they extended Knox. They better do it, that. It's one of the reasons they brought back Beasley, right? Yeah. Didn't Allen campaign for it? I'm telling you, wide receiver in the draft in in one of the I'm first not two even days thinking about the draft. I don't we don't got know, a I just
2: want to, to tell you they know they have to address this in the offseason
1: All we're going to be addressing in the offseason are people in the parade route, Howard. There you go. Time to get the vibes back up. I did think, I told you this morning, I stopped and thought about the Bills winning the Super Bowl as I was getting ready for work. I
2: have no idea why I did that. I did think about a parade and people chanting. And what the, I I actually stopped and thought the week of February 13th, what the shows would be like here, (laughs) you and I. I started crying thinking about what the shows would be like because people would be calling us crying on the air. I, I, don't normally do that inside the playoffs,
1: but I did today well, for some reason. Here's maybe that's why I'm having panic no, attacks. No, no, but this is this is. It used to be, you might not take a vacation because you thought this team might make the playoffs. It might do this. It might do that. We were trying to figure out when we we're going to go somewhere in February. We made sure to leave enough time to- oh, enough yeah. time in case there was a parade. Oh my God! Yeah, of course <laughs> it's, you do. It's, I, I, it's, I had that
2: discussion with my wife. Right? Okay. Listen, just so you know, can't do anything until. February 20, the week of February 20th. Why? Well, that's the you have to leave well, time for the celebration just week in case after they win the Super Bowl. So, week of February 20th and non, we're good. 803-0550 to join us Chris Brown coming up at his Football Friday on WGR. <laughs>
4: You're always trying to adjust, whether it's defensively, offensively, or special teams. And you know, I'm confident our offensive staff. And you know, it's never just one one player or one play. It's it's uh, usually a a combination of things. So we got to do a better job overall to make sure that doesn't happen.
2: Cleaning up the game. Let's turn over Sean McDermott earlier this week. By the way, reminder: Sean McDermott. On we expect him shortly after 10 o'clock with Joe and Sal on the Extra Point Show. We expect Chris Brown because he's actually on hold uh joining us here he'll of course have the call of the game with eric wood and sal on sunday here on wgr chris's segment brought to you by northwest bank for what's next get started at northwest.com by dunn tire official tire dealer of the buffalo bills by sullivan's brewing company from ireland to buffalo the best dales in the world and by lockport outdoor store high impact here for hard-working men and women good morning and happy football friday mr chris brown how are you sir
5: Doing okay. Happy Friday.
2: Thanks. All right. So, number one reason we're going to do uh, good and bad, unfortunately. Number one reason for optimism. If you had one reason more than any other, you feel confident about this matchup going in the Bills' favor Sunday. What would that be?
5: Uh, diversification in the passing game last week. After Diggs was, you know, determined to be a guy that the Dolphins wanted to take out of the passing game in the second half last week. It wasn't just one player that stepped up. It was several. You know, Gabe Davis, Cole Beasley, Khalil Shakir, Dawson Knox all made contributions. I think going forward, that's a very good thing, and I think it makes the Bills passing game more difficult to defend for defensive coordinators going forward.
2: Um, let me flip it around. Actually, you know what? Let me follow up on something we brought up with Sal. If McKenzie comes back, Chris, do you think they would keep an extra wide receiver or just have to see who the odd man out is?
5: Yeah, that's that's the burning question. Um, I think it's going to come down to where they feel they have advantages in the matchups. Uh, You have, you know, it could be something as simple as do we want to work and move digs around more inside to get him more opportunities. Okay. Well then we need John Brown up to, Mm -hmm. you know, run deep routes and, and clear defenders out of the underneath areas where he's going to operate. So John Brown's up this week and, you know, McKenzie is not. Oh no, we think we can out race linebackers to the flank. We can use McKenzie for something like that on you know jet sweeps and things. McKenzie, you're up. Brown is down. I, I think I think it's down to those two guys, quite frankly.
2: Let's flip it around now. If you have a number one reason you'd be concerned about this matchup, what would it be in your opinion?
5: Uh, the ability of the Bengals to get timely takeaways. Um, what they have done in the second half. Stretching all the way back to last year's postseason is pretty remarkable. Nine takeaways in four playoff games last year was pretty much the catalyst that got them to the Super Bowl in the first place. I mean, Joe Burrow played great in their offense, scored points, but that was really the catalyst for them, and we saw them do it again last week in the second half to win a football game. Uh, their defense, I don't know what it is, but –
0: Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com We have to have him.
2: On the Bills defense, Chris, we're spending a lot of time not surprisingly talking about their top three receivers versus the Bills secondary. So, a couple things here. Uh, if you could talk a little bit about that matchup and the Bills corners because it seems like he may not be vintage Trey, but Trey White seems to be getting better each week, returning to where he can be. Kyrie Elam Really came up big when pressed into every snap duty last week, and maybe he's going to be in that role again this week. It remains to be seen, but and we know Taron Johnson is among the best nickel backs in the league. So, what about the Bills' corners against their receivers? I know safeties too. I don't mean to just you know, but anyway, the Bills' corners. Let's go there.
5: Yeah, I, I mean it, it's going to be a tall order. I don't think there's any question about that. No matter who would be going against that trio of receivers, which I think you can argue is the most talented trio in the league, one through three. Um, that being said, I do agree. I think Tradavius White is rounding into form. Um, you know, the interception he had against the Patriots was an encouraging sign, you know, down on the goal line. Um, you know, carrying guys deep on goal routes. You know, I know the ball bounces off Devontae Parker's helmet, but Trey is right there um, against a supreme athletic talent. So that's encouraging. Um, And then Kyrie Elam's play last week I think has earned him more playing time in my estimation. Any rookie receiver that can run step for step with Tyreek Hill on an 18-yard comeback, um, he gets my seal of approval. So I I actually like Kyrie as a matchup on T. Higgins because I think he's tall and long enough to really challenge him in contested catch situations. T. Higgins fifth in the league since last season in contested catches with 32. The
2: um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the banged-up offensive line for Cincinnati. That's a big story. We know Collins is already out. Maybe two more starters are out. So, Chris, in terms of the approach, um, and this does tie in Burrow and his ability to get the ball out fast, right, like 2.4 seconds or whatever the average time to throw for him, do you – Blitz a team that's got a banged-up offensive line to try and get to Joe Burrow, but he he gets the ball out fast, so would you not do that? Is this The Bills always talk about affecting the quarterback, not necessarily sacking. Would you not want to blitz Burrow? You figure you get through with four or maybe three and drop seven or eight. What are your thoughts on that?
5: Yeah, I mean, I think we have to look at what Leslie Frazier's history is and his history – is variety. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's going to be any one thing that he necessarily leans on. Even if it's working, he'll definitely come back to it. But he never really overuses anything from a scheme perspective, if you think back to all the masterful game plans that he's put together over the years here as defensive coordinator in Buffalo. So I think he's going to try a lot of things. I think he's going to continually adjust. Because Joe Burrow is too good a quarterback to do any one thing for any lengthy period of time. So I, I think what we're going to be looking at is, yeah, there will be times where they just send four and drop seven into coverage. Uh, who knows? There could be times where they only send three and drop eight into coverage. Um, we've seen them trigger Taron Johnson off the edge in run blitz, in pass blitz. You know, we know how they use the linebackers. I wouldn't be surprised if you see Greg Rousseau kicking down inside, and even if he can't get home, he can put those giant arms up and make life very difficult yep. uh, for Joe Burrow if he wants to target somebody over the middle. So I-, I think the good news is that Leslie Frazier has a multitude of options, and I think he's going to use all of them. That You don't leave anything in the bag this week.
2: We'll have a great call on Sunday. Uh, we'll analyze the game with you Monday morning, and as always, sir, thank you very much for some time on the show. Thanks, man. Right. Going to be a
5: biggie.
2: <laughs> I'm a nervous wreck, Chris. So, but I didn't need you to point that out. I'm just, I'm, I need. I need meds at this point, I think, or a shot of whiskey or something. I'm just glad it's
1: at 3 o'clock instead of the late game oh, okay. because the day's going to be long on Sunday oh, yeah, just waiting for it. That's
5: really good for Howard that he has to wait longer <laughs> for the game to actually happen. I'm sure he's going to be in fantastic shape by that. I,
2: I already told my wife I'm going to get a hotel room for the weekend. Don't worry about it, Chris. All uh,
5: right. Have good fun. Luck. Yeah, thanks. You too.
2: <laughs> Chris joining us here on the Western Hotline and his segment brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. By Duntire, Tire, official tire dealer of the Buffalo Bills. By Sullivan's Brewing Company, from Ireland to Buffalo, the best sales in the world. By Lockport Outdoor Store, high impact gear for hardworking men and women. It is Friday, which means it is time for Tops Tailgate Trivia. We will give away to one lucky WGR listener a fifty dollars gift card from Tops. This is uh, Tailgate Trivia is brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. Rush to the Tops Red Zone today for winning savings. Jeremy has the question, and I'll get you the number to call.
1: Here comes your question. It's not. We've done a lot of these, and they've been, um, you know, tailgate-based, like food. food
2: Food-based.
1: I already did Cincinnati once. Oh, that's
2: right, yeah. So we're just
1: doing Cincinnati as a city. So it was, I'm looking for the word here, settled. Yeah, founded. It was founded, settled in 1788. Don't say anything. Go ahead, finish your question. I'm going to finish my question. I'm not going to tell a joke. I'm not. Why are you're you smiling? You're, you're laughing. laughing because I could. Go ahead. It wouldn't even be hard. Ahead. What
2: would the joke be? For I'm not going to. It's not
1: going to do it. I'm not. You know, we're all on a team today. You can't
2: do this on Wednesdays and Thursdays. You know. That's right. Yeah.
1: Go ahead. 1788. Cincinnati was settled. Yes. That's the same year that A. Matches were invented. B. The Eiffel Tower was built. Or C. The first diving suit was made.
3: Hmm. All right, that's a good one. I like that one. You it's always set... have to guess of which which two of those you think Jeremy's just capable of making up. It reminded <laughs> like me the of the Buddy, Buddy next game, and I thought right. we got to okay. get <laughs> got to get one of those back.
1: I've been able to Joe's scrat- never done the Buddy no, game. No, that's he? right. That's right. Oh. But I, but
3: I know it. Trust me.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about getting back to that. I soon. I love the Buddy next game. So right. uh, Cincinnati settled in the same year that a matches were invented, b the Eiffel Tower was constructed, or c the first diving suit was made. 221
2: 4947 would be the number to call. Again, 221 4947 for your guest. Joe will take the first correct answer. That caller will get a $50 gift card from Tops. Good luck.
3: I feel like I was a goal scorer most mm-hmm. of my career. And when I couldn't score on Ryan, that was like the, the, the time where I realized, like, this guy's good, man. I haven't scored on him in like five practices in a row. So it became one of those where I was like, just try to battle against him and score. And I think that's what made him so good, those years in Rochester, that we we stayed on the ice and we, we battled
4: and we, we challenged each other.
2: Dirk Roy. Dirk Roy. Was that last night's Ryan Miller ceremony among the many former Saber players, former teammates of Ryan Miller over there?
1: Top Cellgate trivia answer Diving suit. Diving suit. Uh Bub wrote in from Kansas and said, What about Choice D, the year Howard was born? Bub mm-hmm. from yeah, Kansas wrote right. in. He did. Bub, what, oh, do you, and is that an we email? We also
3: would have accepted that, but do you, no, do we you, got
1: a right answer. Do first. you think I'm lying? Yes. What would you give me if I can produce proof because this did happen? Bub listens in Kansas and emails us all the time. So you want to call my bluff? What are you, what are you putting on the line? You can call this bluff. What do you want? Any one item from the vending machine is fine.
3: <laughs> I think you made it up. I don't think he's Bub in
2: Kansas exists. 100%. He's got,
3: he's got a, since we now know that there's a London game in, uh, next year, he's got to pick
1: the Bills next hour. Ooh. No, no, for
3: next season? For next
2: season. Next it, year's opponent. Well, opponents. we know the opponents. We know the opponents. Yeah, that's funny. You and know we what? know
1: whether it's road or home. I so. won't even produce the email. Bub, go ahead and email Howard. Just to prove it's real. I'm doctoring this or stuff. Tweet at me, Bub.
2: You made it up. I don't know if he's on Twitter. You made it up. Mm-hmm. Bub in Kansas. You, sh- you really should be putting something on the line here. Call, what do you want? Calling me a liar, you are. I'm not. I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just doubting the truthfulness of your statement.
3: You have to go see eighty for Brady. Yes. Someone oh, that yes. needs to be. A... Whoa, whoa,
4: whoa, you whoa, right, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's see. Can let's I just see, see how, how naked serious downtown? you are?
1: How serious are you? Can you just dump a vat of tar on me instead? That, that I, put it this way, <clears throat> I will bet that. That if I'm lying, oh. I will go see 80 for Brady. Wow. Okay, so now, you're, now I know you're not lying. Because you would yeah. never go to right. see that. Now <laughs> I know you're not lying. It's like swearing on a Bible. That's right. This I, is
2: the new Buddy Nick's game. If you right. ever do anything and say you will see that movie, I know you're telling the truth. 100% truth.
1: So anyway, Bub made the right, joke, Bob. not me. Thanks. Um, I do have a listener email that came in this week. It was 1888 <laughs> for me, Bob, not 1788. <laughs> that you'll appreciate. So uh, I believe this came in from Dave. My computer just went down so i think it's dave anyway my wife and i live in charlotte this is for you howard and we we always watch the super bowl at a big party with neighborhood friends oh, if the good. bills are in the super bowl <laughs> i can't watch it with a bunch of people who a aren't bills fans and b aren't even passionate football fans they have no idea what it means to us like why is dave crying over there <laughs> like a baby you know what i mean so it's the biggest game of my life i'm 41 a bunch of people are talking about throughout the game if they're talking throughout the game, asking dumb questions, you know there are two Bills bars in the area. They'll be impossible to get into. Wow. Might our best bet be flying to Buffalo and watching the game in Buffalo and wondered what you thought, what idea. would you do? Yes, if the do Bills that. make the Super Bowl, yes. will Bills fans spread around the country, come here? Come here. Like a massive influx of Bills-related tourism yeah. to just watch with your parents you know, and friends and family.
2: You know why? He's right. I went to two Bills Backers bars this year for, for, two, for games, right? We were in New York for the Green Bay game, and we were in Orlando for the home game against the Jets. Both places were packed. You had to get there like 45 minutes, an hour before the game to make sure you had a table in both of these Bills Backers bars. It's a great point. These Bills Backers bars are going to be jammed to packed. the walls. They, were, they were packed for regular season games. Can you imagine what they're going to be if they're in the Super Bowl?
1: You should come here. I mean, you, you should support those Bills backers bars. But, but, if, but it's going to be hard to get a seat. Yeah, but if you can't get in... Come here. Go to the airport. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, come here. Besides, wouldn't you want if they win, you'd want to be here. You'd want to be in town already if they win. So come here. You can just come and hunker down in my basement with me. Yeah, that's going to happen. 803. Oh, I thought about that this morning, too, about the Bills being in the Super Bowl. And my wife might want to say, can we have friends over because the Bills are in the Super Bowl? And we will, can we just have people over and watch the game? And I was thinking... What are you crazy no of course not i'm not well, i'm not going to be anywhere near a human being including my wife during that game will,
1: will this game sunday be your deepest hunker down oh it's the deepest hunker down since the fc divisional round last year will it be deeper than that hunker
2: in some respects
1: yes same round i know but it's a home game
2: and i'm not saying the window's closing but there are no guarantees about season to season you don't just Automatically return and you 're in the playoffs, and you 're good enough to win the super Bowl yeah this is this will be more hunkered down than last year
1: it 's a deep hunker
2: yeah it's it's an extremely panicky attacky hunker <laughs> yeah that 's not really great grammar, is it all right when we get back so we we um we mentioned some articles about the bills. Dalton Miller is the lead analyst for uh, pro Football Network, and he had a piece up this week. About what to do against Cincinnati, he went back and watched the three Ravens games against Cincinnati this season, and they had some really good success against Joe Burrow. So I thought, all right, you know, let's see what they did. Can the Bills do it? And Dalton Miller did that story this week, and we'll talk about it with him when we get back. It is Football Friday. You can join us too. Eight zero three zero five fifty. Go ahead,
1: go ahead and read the uh, email address from. Okay, from Kansas. Wow, so you even made up a human being with a picture.
0: <laughs> You're
2: really taking this one far, Jeremy. I said Jeremy. it to myself. You, sent, you made up an email with a picture of this person. That's Bob. Okay. Morning. Morning, Bob. How you doing, Bob? Um, what were we doing? Going to break. Right, 803 yeah. to join us. Football Friday, WGR.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.